grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Gospel reading according to St. Luke. In the name of Jesus, amen. It is good that your King is coming to you. We look forward as Christians to Jesus coming in a cloud with great power and glory. When we confess in the creed that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead, when we pray, come Lord Jesus, we are talking about this end of the world. And other people will be fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming in the world. But when these things take place, Jesus tells you to straighten up and raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. But that does not mean that it's going to be easy. Jesus says it very plainly. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. We know that the last day is good, but it's everything that leads up to it that we struggle with. It's hard to live in a dying world. You might think of it as the same way that we often talk about death as Christians. We're not afraid of death. We know whose we are. But dying? That may well be pretty rough. We know that when we depart, we will be with Christ, which is far better. It's the getting there that scares us. And in truth, these two things, the end of the world and our own death, are likely to be the same thing for us. For every saint before us, they have experienced the day of their death as the day of judgment. And it will likely be the same for you and for me. To speak of preparing for the coming of Christ, to speak of the struggle of living in the last days, is to speak of preparing for our own deaths. The Christian life is a life that is lived in anticipation of the last day, of the coming one, Christ. And that means that the Christian life is the life that is lived in anticipation of our own death. We have been comfortably living in the relative safety of modern life in 21st century Iowa. And yet, these last few years have certainly brought the distress of nations, as Jesus calls it, back to our attention. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world is a pretty apt description of our current day. Jesus tells us to recognize these signs, to recognize the dying throes of the world around us, and to remember then that the Christian life is lived in anticipation of our own death. Take a few minutes sometime to read through the evening hymns in our hymnal. There's a lot of wisdom in them. Many of them speak of learning to go to sleep as a preparation for learning to die. It was not too long ago that children were taught to pray, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. This is the kind of prayer that builds up the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place. A prayer that does not shrink back from acknowledging that we do live in a dying world, but that we have a Savior who has died for us, 
one who is able to rescue and deliver us. In fact, the Christian life, properly understood, is to embrace our own death, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Christ, as he so often tells us, to receive the cross as the victory of God and therefore as the victory in our own life, to participate in the body of Christ given into death for us and to commune in his shed blood and to find in these things our life and our salvation. And to find in these things, in the death and resurrection of Christ, our life and salvation, that's not just a mental exercise, something you think about and then go on with life. Rather, as the scriptures testify repeatedly, it is to find the cross of Jesus to be our life and our salvation precisely in our experience of our own weakness, our own helplessness, even our own sin. And yes, that is a hard thing to bear. Again, the end is good, but the path is hard. It hurts to be weak. It hurts to be a sinner. It hurts to be helpless. The end is good. The path is hard. Especially as Lutherans were quite familiar with the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We're happy that the tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified. And yet, did you ever stop to notice that in the parable, the tax collector isn't very happy? He's not even daring to lift up his eyes to heaven, but beats his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He felt his sin. He experienced the pain of being found to be a poor, miserable sinner. It's a hard thing. Indeed, at times, to live this way, to live under the cross, to be found to be those who are weak and sinners, it might seem like it's a recipe guaranteed for despair. But there's one important catch, as it were. One thing that makes a difference, and it's all the difference in the world. The difference is the fact that all these things are actually true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus' words will not pass away. When Christ says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness, he's not just saying that to make us feel better. It's actually true. It is actually in our weakness that Christ's strength is actually made perfect in us. The cross of Jesus, his own humility and weakness and suffering, is literally our life and salvation. The one who loses his life, as Jesus says, will keep it for eternal life. The one who prays, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, that person does go home justified before God. Our own death that we suffer is taken up by Christ into his death so that it becomes for us our portal to eternal life. These things aren't easy, but it is good. And it is also freely open to you all. All of us are weak. All of us are sinners. All of us will die. No one is excluded. The only thing that holds us back is our false image that we might have some strength, some righteousness, some life that we can control. But it's just that, a false image. And so Jesus tells us to pray, to stay awake at all times, praying that we may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. We pray then to remember that we are weak, sinful, and dying. 
We pray to remember that Jesus comes to us and is weak with us, is made to be sin for us, dies with us. We pray to remember that we have been baptized into this death and raised with him to newness of life, to remember that we are clothed not with our own righteousness, but with Christ, to remember that God has called us by his own name. And so in our weakness, bearing the shame of our sin, remembering our death, we come to know in Christ not only life and salvation, but even joy and peace and hope. For are you weak? Rejoice. Christ's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Are you a sinner? Be at peace. Your sins are forgiven you because Jesus died for you. And are you dying? Be filled with hope. For Jesus, who died, is risen from the dead. It was not possible for the tomb to hold him, and it is not possible for the tomb to hold you, for Christ has taken hold of you. Make no mistake, living in the last days, it's not easy. As Jesus says, there's signs and sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord unto that life everlasting. Amen.